0: It is a split in San Diego, and now it's the Dodgers. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter, Justin Toscano, home or away. Justin is there to follow every storyline of the Braves all season long, and he is getting paid to, in fact, Uh, broadcast from san diego california so uh,
1: how's it going out there big boy it's uh yeah getting paid to be in san diego california for four days on easter weekend um back home where i grew up i should be paying somebody to be here i should not be the other way around but no it was a great series here um we've got we've got a lot to talk about you and i were talking about this right before the show um a ton to talk about for a weekend split
0: And among the things we will discuss, how the Braves pitching staff is finally getting on track, some hot starts from the heart of the order, and what to expect in the NLCS rematch on Monday. If you're listening to us for the first time or just haven't gotten around to it yet, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And this is the Braves Report, brought to you by Kroger. So I just want to know, Justin, you are from San Diego. Why aren't you still in San Diego? Like, why'd you ever leave,
1: man? <laughs> yeah, Sports journalism, man. You got to go where the jobs are. <laughs> Atlanta's Atlanta's pretty great. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're Diego, happy to have you, but you know, yeah, San Diego being a, a one paper town. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong though. I almost gave up my career dreams to be, uh, to live next to an in and out for the rest of my life though. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it's a it's a pretty great place. We, we, Little chilly in remember, that spot. Re, re,
0: remember, no free ads, so we can't talk about the the famous burger place in in California. Oh uh, god, that's what, that's what probably t-
1: good because people from the east coast like just hate that specific burger joint that we won't mention because they're not paying us for this podcast.
0: E- exactly. What, you know, everybody talks about the weather and, and and the good food. What what is something San Diegans know that that we don't?
1: Ooh, um, a laid-back nature. I think it's Atlanta's more laid back than places I've been, but in San Diego you step off the plane and there is an immediate lightness um to the air. There's just it is laid back. Um it is very carefree. I think yeah, the Mexican food too, beaches three. Though, you know, South Carolina's only a short drive away. Um yeah. so so you know, there's there's some stuff, but I like I love Atlanta. I've always said I love Atlanta because it reminds me of San Diego, you know, without the beaches. It's, it's very laid back um, among the places I've lived. Uh, but the weather here, um, I'm sorry to report um, to Atlanta natives that the uh, the weather here, it's not exactly 90% humidity in July.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, and well, you're, you're going to get a taste of that here uh, coming up. But this is not a podcast um, for the San Diego County Chamber of Commerce. This is, in fact, a baseball podcast <laughs> for the Braves and the Padres. And San Diego, while it is a wonderful place, has not always been so kind to of the Braves. This was Brian Snitker on Thursday.
1: A lot of times you come here during the year, and it's like la-la land. Everybody's on vacation, and they come out here, and we got our <laughs> kicked. And, and, you know, um, so I think this is a good time of year probably
0: well, they didn't totally get their tails kicked. A split against a good team ain't bad, uh, despite a 2-1 loss on Sunday. And I think that the biggest thing I'll take away from this week is, while dudes started really bad for the rotation this week, things seem to have stabilized now, basically because of a bunch of young guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing I'll take away, is that um, you look at that first turn through the rotation. On our last show, we really talked about how concerning it could be if uh, if that back end doesn't hold up, just because... They're just going to need those options. Nobody's coming to save them right now. That second turn through the rotation was very steady, starting with Max Freed. And then what we did see in San Diego was this team is going to hit, and it's going to hit often. Uh, I don't think that's really going to be an issue. Uh, The Padres pitchers pitched you know, a great series, actually, uh, from starters to rotation. But the Braves, even if they weren't getting results at certain points, were hitting a ton of balls hard. Um, In Atlanta, as of entering Saturday, had a 91.9 mile-per-hour average exit velocity, which is the fourth best in baseball. To, uh, to dumb that down for the casual fan, the Braves are hitting a lot of balls hard. And so I think that we saw here that that offense is going to be just fine. And, oh, by the way, as we'll talk about a little later, uh, it's going to get a lot better in the next couple weeks.
0: Let's take it up with the offense there. And um, Freddie who at first base?
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, Matt Olson. In 11 games now, six multi-hit games, and check this: three of those are three-hit games. And what impresses me most about him is, is something I asked Brian Snicker about before today's series finale was just when you have a power hitter, you expect a lot of swing and miss, and you expect uh, home run or strikeout. Uh, that's that's what the game has become. Matt Olson has led the mo, you know, led Major League Baseball. In walks um, and he had 11 uh, after you know Saturday's game has 11 walks um, he went the other way twice against you Darvish whom the Braves did not see very well uh, in the series finale as Snicker said so what impresses me most about him is just the consistency and how tough of an at-bat he is that's what defined like Freddie Freeman and I don't want to compare them but I just think that when you think about power hitters you think so much swing and miss but Matt Olson is the opposite where he's still a tough at bat he's willing to use all parts of the field um on Saturday Nick Martinez threw a perfect up and away fastball and Matt Olson got on top of it and you know and, and hit it out instead of popped it up um and so really what we're seeing is consistency and and the kind of the thing here is that um He's doing it on both ends. And I think that's that's uh going into that Dodgers series, it's important for Braves fans to see that this uh this trade was a good idea.
0: Yes. And Matt Olson had we were thinking about it this last month that it's like, man, he's gotta replace a living legend. He's in his hometown. Uh, you know, good luck, big fella. And it's I mean it's almost like Freddie's never even here.
1: The reaction, and I have always said this, uh in twenty twenty two the best way we can perhaps get a pulse on the fan base, fair or not, is through social media. Um, let You compare March 14th, a Monday, to uh, April 17th, you know, after this Padres series, and it is night and day. A lot of people just don't, you know, I think Freddie will hold a special place in, in people's hearts in Atlanta, but in terms of the baseball, like, I think he's not long forgotten and let's be honest like Matt Olson will have his struggles too like he's a human being a baseball player we're just not seeing them yet and he started the season hot he's hitting 421 out of the gate like I said all those multi-hit games he's shown the power he's shown the ability to use the whole field um he's shown the defensive ability out there they just are not missing much and and this is even better when you think about what we've said all along like he's you know, more than four years younger than Freddie, they have him signed for longer, and he's cheaper, which gives them more flexibility. And so, I think this is really a testament to him. In that, like you mentioned, all those factors that went into the pressure cooker um, of this situation for him that that could have brought him down, that could have enabled a slow start, we just haven't seen any sign of that.
0: I'm su- I'm not totally surprised. Well, I mean, I'm surprised that Matt Olsen's got an OPS of 1235 at the moment and his on-base percentage is 551. And according to the Elias Sports Bureau, he's the first brave to have an OPS that high in the season's first 10 games since they moved to Atlanta in 1966. I didn't think it was going to be like that, obviously, but I'm not surprised he's playing well. I am a little surprised that Marcelo Zuna is picked back up to his 2020 form. He had a tough, a tough road to hoe, too, and, and he looks great.
1: Oh yeah, he's he's hitting well, and I think they they think he's the type of guy that you know he can really carry you if he's hitting well, um, carry you for a period of time. Now they're not going to need that because Ozzy Albee's before today at homered in three straight games. Matt Olson has hit well. Austin Riley is hitting balls hard, um, and, and so I think the biggest thing for Ozuna is that you didn't know how he would come back after such a long time off, and I know he played winter ball, um, but. For everything that everybody has ever said about his on field play, you know the braves like Brian Snicker, especially have raved about just the work ethic during spring training and how he came into camp and how hard he's worked um and really he he hit you know looked good in spring training too, and he's carried that right into the season like against you darvish i mean he put one you know four hundred eight feet into the seats, he had two home runs in the series he's had a two homer game so far this season. This is a very good development for them, especially because, and I'm sure we'll get to more of this later because of how the roster is going to shake out. He's a perfect DH candidate, and he's a guy that I don't think really at all minds being the DH, you know, and not a full time left fielder. The outfield issues, though, uh,
0: are, are certainly uh, one of the negatives, and the Braves currently have three outfielders that are playing out of position. And according to the fielding Bible, they are the worst outfield in baseball at the moment they are the worst defensive team in baseball at the moment they have minus 7 defensive runs saved how much can acuña help this situation or is it still going to be kind of a mediocre outfield with a good with one good outfielder
1: yeah he's going to steady it a lot um and even before that i'll just mention like a lot of that you know in terms of defensive runs saved is um predicated on the small sample size and not yeah. a lot of opportunities out there versus eddie rosario having three errors with not a lot of opportunities and and i think um you know we've seen marcelo zuna you know in the first game here kind of misread a liner um he doesn't have the best range their best defensive left fielder option is an infielder um and so i think that's an issue and i think ronald acuna is really going to steady things though because i think eddie rosario is going to be a the left fielder, um, Adam Duvall, has actually played a pretty good center for, you know, in Ronald Acuna being in right field. I think it's going to steady things a lot. I don't think they're as bad of a defensive team as they've looked or as bad as of a defensive outfield as they've looked. A lot of these have been boneheaded plays um, and, and just misreading balls. I think it's more indicative of a small sample size and it being magnified because, you know, it's just early in the season than anything but I do think Acuna once you can put a guy like that back in there it steadies everybody else Adam Duvall is going to be you know still play center um but Eddie Rosario is going to be allowed to play left and they'll have like Guillermo Heredia can play center and get Duvall off his feet sometimes it's just going to work out so many different ways where they can really they're not so pressed uh in the outfield
0: poor Eddie at the plate one for 29 oh 34 he's got one hit and three errors
1: yeah that's um it's really tough. And you can see that it's snowballed and I think it's certainly snowballed to the defensive end when, you know, in that first game of the series he just missed a fly ball. Just missed it. And and I think um, that's the toughest thing to do, is what Snicker says is is take not take the offensive struggles to other parts of your game. And I think that's exactly what has happened in a sense of you struggle, it snowballs, you get in your head and, and today, like Brian Snicker was saying that it's early in the season. Everybody wants to start the season well. He said he even said that he, if it were July, he doesn't even think Rosario would be too concerned about it. But it's just not. It's the start of the season. It's all we have to go on, and that can be, you know, anxiety inducing for players. Um, and, and I think he's just kind of in that funk right now. And they've tried giving him a day off, tried taking it easy on him. And I think it's gonna, he's gonna come out of this eventually. I don't think he's as bad as he's shown. Not even close. But it's just magnified right now.
0: I mean, one for twenty nine anytime is is obviously suboptimal,
1: but it's seeing that O thirty
0: four on the scoreboard. Yeah, you know, that, that's all we have to go on. But it, it does bring up kind of what what we have discussed in, in several podcasts now. Is at least until Acuna returns, and and even when he does return, the depth issue is an issue.
1: Yeah, it's an issue, and I think um, you don't need it as much because you're not playing the National League game with double switches, and you're not using as many players. But we're seeing that when they wanted to shift the outfield, they put Guillermo Heredia in there and Orlando Arcia. I, I think, well, those are two Orlando guys. Orlando
0: Arcia not an outfielder,
1: right? Uh, a guy who had, in fact, only played an inning of outfield before he came to the Braves last year. The Braves used him 14 times in the left field. Now, granted, he's a good athlete; he can do it, but he's not. He's not an outfielder, and I think that's you know, there's always something to be said for that. And so, I, th- I do think the depth issue. Especially when, you know, a couple days ago, like Brian Snicker admitted, like, you know, when he put him in left, he was like, well, I was kind of worried about him DH in the last few games because if if something happens to him, you know, then our bench is basically crunched. And so I think that depth, and that wasn't an admission from Snit on, you know, the depth as a whole, but I think we've something we've talked about this season, they just don't have a lot of it. And you're seeing, like, Dickerson trying to come through the struggles, and you're seeing you know r c has had a couple r c has had a couple good games, but you know like how much can Heredia give you offensively things like that like it's gonna be tough, and I think the depth is gonna be worn thin, especially you know if there's an injury.
0: The price report is brought to you by Kroger and the and the good news is that gas prices are coming what is well by the way, what is the price of gas out in California right
1: now? uh like six bucks.
0: Yeah. Well, it's coming down at least here in Atlanta, but it's still uh, crazy expensive. So Kroger's here to help get those gas prices down even further. It's Kroger Fuel Rewards. Earn one fuel point for every dollar you spend at Kroger in-store or online and earn double fuel points when you purchase gift cards and during special weekends throughout the year. So stay tuned for that. The more you shop at Kroger, the more fuel points you'll have and the more you will save on gas. So head to your local Kroger store today. Now I want to talk about the pitching, and I think the Braves are going to set a record here um, for – draft pick percentage going to the big leagues (laughs) their 2020 draft 50 percent they had four guys in that four in that 2020 covid draft and two of them are now in the big leagues and they both pitched on sunday
2: yeah we we went to dinner last night um two of us and and we said it's probably going to be a strider Strider elder so (laughs) uh, it turned out to be one and uh yeah i mean bryce did a great job he's Kind of kinda of like I I was just trying to find it a little bit and uh
0: but kept singing in did a good job and didn't work out but it's what it is. That's uh Spencer Strider following Bryce Elder and, and he was just trying to find it, huh?
1: Yeah, he was he was just trying to find it. Both of them really were. Strider was at the beginning, now has um has only allowed a run over nine innings, but the big story today to me is I think there are a lot of people who might be upset about Bryce Elder's second, you know, second outing of his career. He walked five. He hit another guy. Didn't pitch as deep as he did, you know, into the game as he did in his debut. I think this is a positive because I think in these games when guys aren't at their best, you still learn a lot about people. And I think the Braves learned a lot about Bryce Elder, is uh, you know, as evidence today. Like they learned that he's going to fight. He's got intangibles.
0: And you asked Brian Sitker about that. He's gonna learn. We're gonna learn. I mean, like I said, I was impressed with him
1: today by by being like that and the, the jams he got in and just um, you know, not letting the dike break. I mean he kept us in the game. That's that's really what it was is the funny baseball's such a funny game. So when I'm sitting there, I realized that Bryce Elder was dominant in his debut and would you look at it, allowed more runs yep. than he did in this outing when he just was not at his best, couldn't find his command, struggled pretty much the whole game. Now, he still thought he threw the ball well, and I would agree. Like he's still, he's, He was still pitching. He was still trying to attack, and that's what I think is such a positive for the Braves is you have this 22-year-old kid on the mound, doesn't turn 23 until next month. Um, he's making the second start of his career. He was brought up, prematurely like let's just say that i think he was ready i think he's got the stuff and i think he's got the makeup and the mindset to be able to do it but he was brought up after only having you know climbed the system last year only had seven starts in AAA, and then you see him not at his best and he still fights and he gives you a chance to win and i think he gets out of some of those jams the padres left 10 on base which is pretty indicative of uh the jams that elder and strider got through they, they gave him a chance to win and i think um it's going to become real interesting, uh, especially with Strider, as we get down to the uh, the roster trim day, and and just like as we go, you know, through the the next turn through the rotation, if they use six again, um, those two have given the Braves a lot to think about.
0: And and Eller's not even supposed to be here. This wasn't supposed to happen. But the Braves ran out of pitching this week, and Jacob Webb had to get cut, and Contreras had to get to sit down. So just because Bryce Elder could get him through a game, and now he's, he's at least given the Braves, as you said, something to think about.
1: Right, right. And so because, like, because the option date was for those, you know, for guys was April 7th, opening day, the Braves couldn't recall anybody on the 40-man roster, which worked out and for Bryce Elder and basically, you know, shuttled him to his debut. And he was terrific. Like, he was great, and I think, he you know he gave them a lot to think about he showed them a lot but that was just the state of the Braves you know after their second series was they used so much pitching um and they ended up you know in that blowout against the Nationals on Monday using Tucker Davidson who they initially planned to start so you I mean you and so they ran into pitching but now they've really studied themselves and they found something and you know they know what they have in Bryce Elder a little bit a little more um especially at this level and they're really set up because I think, you know, one thing that's important is they're gonna they're about to face a really talented and deep lineup uh, in L.A. this week. And because Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider combined to throw the entire game, that bullpen is good to go.
0: Earlier in the weekend, two terrific outings by Kyle Wright and Ian Anderson. I thought this piece of sound you got from the clubhouse was pretty interesting on how those two kind of feed off each other and communicate.
1: What did uh, you learn from Kyle's outing last night? Uh, I mean –
2: you know, this team's on the fastball. I think they've kind of shown that the first three games. So um, he he did a great job with his changeup last night, and I uh, felt like I was going to try to do more of the same today. And you know that's kind of the the attack we went with.
0: Conversations I didn't totally expect to be having in April that uh, Ian Anderson's paying attention to Kyle Wright's changeup.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. And Ian Anderson actually goes out and he strikes out all seven Padres um, with that changeup, and I was. You know, I was talking to Kyle Wright on if kind of just if he like knew, you know, just in general, because I was curious if he knew um, the Padres were a fastball team or if they just, you know, kind of had a feel for that, you know, after game one. And uh, he kind of laughed because he was like, yeah, that's the good thing about, you know, when you don't pitch game one uh, in a series, uh, you get to see that. And, you know, Charlie Morton, uh, they were certainly on his fastball and he probably didn't have his you know best curveball. Um, but then Kyle Wright goes out, the off-speed really works. Then Ian Anderson goes out, throws, um, I think it was over 30 change-ups, and strikes out. All of his strikeouts came on that pitch. Uh, And yeah, they really, I think the biggest thing for this rotation, as much as we'll say it's steadied overall, like it was a great outing by Ian Anderson, um, but Kyle Wright is somebody that, if he can pitch like this, the Braves have another dimension. I mean, they... They have one less question mark in the rotation, especially because you know it didn't look good in his first start. But Kyle Wright, this is two starts of a guy who not only has had better results but has looked better doing it. He's looked confident. He's been in attack mode. He's gone after guys. He's used his best pitch a lot, his curveball. Um, and you can show he, you can tell he's really, like Brian Snickers said, it. He seems like a different guy, and that you can tell when guys have a different look in their eye. And he just did not back down against what was a pretty good lineup in a packed house, like it was the home opening series here. This place was as loud as I've ever heard it, having grown up here. And Kyle Wright went out there, and he dominated a good lineup.
0: This is the free-for-all, right, we, we wanted to see. We you know The Braves have, have accumulated these pitching prospects for a while now and may have held on to some of them too long. So, But somebody's eventually got to step up, right? And and now, at least through two starts, we got a long way to go, but at least through two starts, Kyle Wright has, has started to separate himself again.
1: Basically, yeah, and so we were talking about I think it was, gosh, a month ago now, uh, in spring training. Tuki Toussaint, Kyle Muller, Kyle Wright, you Tucker Davidson. Davidson. Yeah, you can even throw Sean Newcomb in there. Kyle Wright has been the guy to stand out and to step up. We know you know can do it. So if he can get back to form, that makes his team even better. And I'm not saying Kyle Wright's going to be the guy every game that he was the last two starts. But what I am saying is that I don't think, Those results were not a fluke. Uh, Balls weren't hit super hard. He pitched a weak contact. He he actually missed bats. And he just looked more confident doing it. He was in attack mode. He was working pretty quickly, pretty efficiently. um, And he had him off balance. And those are all good signs. Like, those are all signs that told me, you know, watching the game that this was a different pitcher. Like, this was a guy who was in control and command. Um, And finally, they've got somebody like that to step up. And it really seems like he's turning the corner. And that just bodes well, you know, for the rest of the guys. like we can't expect all five of those guys, or all six of them, whatever you want to say, to be good every single one of their starts. But I think the Braves have shown in this second turn and you know that that it can even out here. like it doesn't have to be so up and down. And that's really, really promising because as we've talked about before, they've got another issue on this roster that I believe to be more pressing right now. And I don't think, you know, because they traded so many prospects and so much prospect value to get Matt Olson, it's going to be hard to really bolster the starting rotation in a very, very impactful and splashy way. So they have what they have. That doesn't mean they can't improve at all, but it just means that they were going to need some of these guys to step up. And the fact that Kyle Wright is doing it is a very good sign.
0: One thing you mentioned about Sean Newcomb and that we do want to do with this podcast and, of course, your coverage on AJC.com is to go in-depth and and bring you as much of the conversation as we can from the clubhouse, more than just a five-second soundbite. And this week we want to look at Sean Newcomb, and you can find Justin's complete story online, of course. And you spent about ten minutes with him at his locker the other day talking about his confidence and his consistency. Here's part of that conversation.
1: How have you tried to – Like, when you mentioned the first year of starting went pretty well after that, it got a little tougher. How do you try to, like, steady that or, like, try to get that consistency, like, back in a tough season? You know, it's a tough game. Like, how do you try to, like, get yourself back, if that makes sense?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, you know, searching and waiting for that time that I'm going to get the ball and hopefully go, you know, I kind of crave those appearances where I'm going to go two, three-plus innings and... Get the ball and be able to just kind of feel my stuff out. And um, I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it's tough with the fact that we need to win now and we're so good and everything and there's so much talent. They're able to, you know, send guys to to Gwinnett to figure it out for a little bit. And, you know, things are going really well up here. They don't need guys down there. So it's just, like I said, a perfect storm of not having my best stuff, team being really good, not needing. I'm having the ability to make me let me figure it out here versus going down and everything so it's personally frustrating but at the same time it makes sense and I've been you know keeping my my nose down and just working hard I feel like I'm in a really good spot Body feels great it just feel great
0: yeah we told you you're in the clubhouse a little, little noisy down there but Newcomb's a guy Braves fans have kind of run out of patience with and, and the Braves are going to have to make a decision here pretty shortly but what did you take away from that conversation and all that kind of Sean Newcomb's been through the last few years
1: Yeah, I think his story is one of um, realizing that perfection is unattainable. Uh, And I think that's so hard when you're in the position a lot of these younger guys are in when they come up uh, and you live and die by every pitch and you want to make the perfect pitch. You want to have the perfect start. Uh, And when you don't, it really starts to snowball in you. You go up and down from Gwinnett. And I know that's the game. That's the business. You get paid to do that. That's what you sign up for. Um, But it really seems like he's in a lot better space of that uh, just by having watched his teammates and having watched somebody like Max Freed give up five runs and know that, okay, that doesn't define Max Freed's career. That, you know, it's just baseball. It happens. The best pitchers give up home runs. And what I really took away is he seems to be in a good spot mentally. Um, And he seems to really be trusting his stuff a lot more and, and seems to be high on his stuff. And one thing I really keyed on was he said that in most of those outings that don't go poorly, he's hurting himself. And I think we've all watched Sean Newcomb enough to know that, you know, in a lot of those, that's right. You know, it's the walks or the wild pitches or, you know, the hit batters, um, things like that. And, and like here he had, you know, in Cincinnati, the game against Cincinnati at Truist Park in Atlanta, his season debut, rough first batter or so. Then he settled in for a couple innings. Uh, Here in San Diego, it was a rough inning, but you know he gets some bad luck on that broken bat single that scored, I think, two runs. So I do think there's some potential in there. Charlie Morton, who I also talked to for that story, and you can read that story online um, on AJC.com, was really confident that Sean Newcomb can still be really successful in this game and be a successful starting pitcher because he said that Newcomb has the stuff to do whatever he wants. Um, So what I took away was that Newcomb's in a lot better mental spot of getting away from that perfectionist mentality of, of just really trying to hone in on every pitch. And I think it's it's more about just being free and letting it rip. And a lot of pitchers will tell you that when you're, you're just not thinking about it as much and it's more effortless is when the better results come. And I, I still think there's more in there for Sean Newcomb. Whether it's going to be here or take a change of scenery is a completely different conversation. And it's a valid point to ask. But as a long man in the bullpen, I, I do think he can serve a role for them, um, especially because he is at options. And that naturally in this game, with the business of it, uh, means you get every opportunity. Before we dig into the uh,
0: Dodgers series, you have some reporting on a uh, Ronald Acuna situation. Apparently, it's not going to be long.
1: No, no. So Ronald Acuna is scheduled as of now, with the caveat that if all still goes well, if nothing happens, weather permitting, to. Begin a rehab assignment on Tuesday in Jacksonville with Triple A Gwinnett, um, and that's big because originally I'd heard I had heard a couple weeks ago that uh, the Braves were targeting uh, April 25th in Gwinnett um, to start that rehab assignment. Now, some of that could have been the fact that Gwinnett starts a homestand on April 26th um and they you know were deciding if they'd start him on the road or not seeing how he progressed but he went to florida after the championship ring ceremony he went to florida on that sunday um played in simulated games um was building up in the outfield and their determining factor to be able to send him on a rehab assignment was whether he could play five to six innings um in the outfield and so he did that he's good to go he's going to keep building up in the outfield um he's got his necessary at bats uh um, I'm somebody who watched with my own two eyes, some of those live ABs, uh, in spring training. And he looked, uh, he, he, looked like Ronald Acuna. And, um, and so I think, uh, it's just going to be a matter of building up in the outfield. And when I have heard that when he comes back, he's not going to be a full-time outfielder. They're going to work him in because they want to see how his body responds, um, early on as they should. I know a lot of people would like to rush this a little more. I totally get it, but yeah, it's, it's another huge step. Uh, and so, geez, I've really buried the lead. The target, loose, loose target date for them right now uh, would be May 6th. So that would be a series against the Brewers, and Ronald Acuna would be then, you know, making his season debut if he came back that day at Truist Park.
0: All right, and now the
2: Dodgers. They got to push you to your next level because how great they are. You know, talk about this greatness this greatness here and this greatness there.
0: And, of course, it's going to be a little bit of an identity crisis for Kenley Jansen. I mean, it's going to be emotional, you
2: know. I spent my whole life there. So, you know, it's going to feel weird, you know, being on the other side, you know, warming up probably in the right field bullpen. So that will be weird. But, you know, um, I will try to not think about it. But, you know, it's definitely probably will be emotional probably, you know. Like I said, I spent my my whole life there.
0: L.A.'s won six straight, just swept the Reds in four games How much are we going to learn about these two teams and their LCS rematch in April?
1: I think we can learn a lot. Um, And I'm not saying that we overreact to anything or that it defines anybody's season. But they played the games for a reason. This is an exciting early matchup, and we're all going to be lucky to watch it. I think we're going to learn about these two teams. I think it's going to be pretty clear. Uh, You know, Obviously, teams sometimes don't play well in a series or don't play well in a game. But I think the theme of the last year or so is that the Braves have really closed the gap on the Dodgers. Um, And I think we're going to learn if, if that's really the case in LA. And of course, like I said, it's not going to define that whole topic, but I think we're going to learn if the Braves have closed the gap, if the rotation can hang with a lineup like that. And I think we're going to learn in close games and tough environments. What is that bullpen really made of? Uh, They've played Washington and Cincinnati so far. They looked good against San Diego Um, We're going to see them against their best competition this week. And so I really think the bigger picture, there's so many storylines, you know, Freddie Freeman, Kenley Jansen, Dave Roberts, you know, guaranteeing a world series victory. But the bigger picture to me is the biggest storyline. The Braves have really closed the talent gap on the Dodgers and the Braves are the reigning world series champions and the Dodgers are theoretically because of that gunning, you know, to, to top the Braves, uh, and so I think we're really going to learn whether the Braves are here to stay, whether they've arrived, or if the Dodgers are, are just still a notch better. Um, and the Braves won't have Ronald Acuna. The team should be at full strength, you know, for their series in June. But I think we're going to learn a lot more about uh, this, Bra- you know, this Braves team, especially the talent in the lineup. Uh, facing, they're going to get Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller in games one and two. Um, in game two, uh, folks. Walker Buehler and Max Fried is is going to be one to watch. You're going to want to clear your night for that one. I know it's going to be uh, it's going to start gonna at 10:10 10:10 10, 10, 10, 10 Eastern time. So record it. Do anything you can to watch it. But that is going to be one you are not going to want to miss. I think we're going to learn a lot though.
0: Yeah, Kershaw still hasn't given up an earned run yet this uh, season. He'll face Escobar uh, Noah tomorrow or on Monday. Uh, you know, has got a 15 ERA, which looks a little ugly after his one uh, mediocre performance, uh, and then Frieden Buehler in Game Two and Morton and Gonsolin in Game Three. Freddie's hitting 3.24, by the way. Trey Turner just tapped his uh, hitting streak snapped at 27 games on Sunday. Are the Dodgers the better team right now?
1: I think so, by a hair, and I think that's just pure talent. Um, I think the Braves have a lot of it, but they're, look, they're missing Ronald Lacuna. It's incredible how good they've been without him. Uh, how good that lineup has been without him. Um, but they're still missing him, and I think the Dodgers right now are the better team, especially because you know if I, I would trust Urias and Gonsolin more than I would trust right now some of the guy you know the unproven in, in the Braves rotation in terms of like we look Kyle Wright's a different guy, um, but we just need to see it more. Max Fried and Charlie Morton are a good one too, but it doesn't get much better than Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. I mean, that's a a really, really good rotation. And then you have the lineup. You have Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, um, Freddie Freeman. I mean, it's still, right now, I still think the Dodgers are a hair better.
0: That's what uh, the second-best payroll in the National League will get you, is a lot of talent and a lot of depth. One place the Braves are a little short at the moment, but – Going to be a terrific measuring stick here in the uh, in the fourth series of the season. Before we open our uh, Braves Report mailbag, we do want to remind you about a special subscription offer to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution just for Braves fans. We call it our season pass, and you get unlimited digital access to all of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, not just Justin's Braves stories, but everything that we have to offer from now until the end of the World Series for just $39.99. That's $125 a week, half our regular price, plus You'll get our official Worth the Weight Championship Edition front page as a special gift. So take advantage of this offer now. Go to slash season That is subscribe.ajc. com/seasonpass for unlimited Braves and news coverage for just thirty nine ninety nine. That is one twenty five a week, and you get this special Worth the Weight Championship Edition front page now. To the mailbag, and our first question comes from Fabian Justin. How many rolled tacos for you this weekend?
1: oh God um, I think I ended with my count here was like 20 and I didn't even eat real tacos like the last two days so I ate those in like a couple of days um, a few days so I think uh yeah I think I ate you know 20 of them uh, but yeah it was a good it was a good run here and I'm glad we've got three more in la
0: for for the ignorant Southerner your co-host on this podcast what is a rolled taco
1: better known as a taquito um, oh, okay. to some people but it is a basically a thing that is fried the meat is in the rolled taco and it is like a mexican egg roll but thinner uh, that's that's how i'm just trying to explain it got it's it. a tortilla rolled with stuff in it and stuff on it
0: i uh, you need to uh, f- uh point me in the direction of the best place to get one of these if there is one in atlanta and
1: we will go oh yeah back. no you you and i you you took me out to barbecue one time i'll take you out uh to get mexican another time
0: got it all right now back to baseball kyle walter ask Do you think Spencer Strider will get a shot to start if Enoa struggles again?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that could be a possibility. Um, And look, I think there are really two paths to that. One, Enoa struggles. And two, the Braves want to go with a six-man rotation, and they send Bryce Elder down to get some more seasoning uh, in Triple A. That could open a spot for Spencer Strider. So I think uh, there are a couple of different paths to that. But I do think at, at a certain point, you know, he's been good out of the bullpen, but is he really if you're going to use him, you know, in multiple innings, you you might as well maximize him, you know, in the rotation and I think they know that and there's, you know, they're obviously, you know, they're smart too. Um, but I think that there are a couple of different passes to the rotation for Strider.
0: Spencer Strider was a very popular topic in the mailbag. So is this next one and we're just going to cite it to Josh Strickland. He asks, can they get anybody better than Alex Dickerson?
1: Yeah, I mean, his name is Michael Conforto, but I don't know how realistic of a possibility that is. Uh, reports said he suffered an injury during the lockout or sometime around it, and is waiting to apparently like get healthy before he signs with a team, picks the right opportunity. His price figured to be pretty high, or so it seemed. Um, that's probably dropped since. I just don't know how realistic that would be for the Braves, but I think that would be a pretty cool option for them if that were to happen but i i you know don't see that happening but like let's give dickerson some credit real quick like he's had some good at bats he's hit some balls hard it's 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 tough being in that position and the tough thing for him is he might not have a ton of time in it
0: next up from zach is it too early to panic over rosario's early season performance both at the plate and in the
1: field yeah yeah i don't pinpoint it's it too like early some...
0: to panic about everything right now
1: Right, right. Yeah, I was gonna say my uh, delightful Southern co-host says that that you don't panic before Memorial Day. I've never put an exact timeline on it. But I, I agree that I just think it's too early to panic about any of these guys. I mean, it's it's so early in the season, short in spring. He signed late. I'm not gonna make excuses for a guy. These guys get paid a lot of money to play baseball. I get it. But it's a tough game. He's going through something tough. It's always magnified at the beginning of the season. Like we said earlier, that 0-3-4 on the scoreboard can't look good, can't feel good. I think it's just too early to panic. He's talented. I think he'll find his way out of it. Jake
0: Burris, with Bryce Elder's six-pitch repertoire, could he be a permanent rotation piece for years to come?
1: Yeah, he certainly could, especially because those pitches, I mean, he plans to throw all of them just because he has said that they all play well off each other, and he doesn't think that any of them are really that great in and of themselves um, and so I think you know the way he manipulates them um, with each other is, is really good I think he could be a permanent rotation piece and I'll tell you why uh, past the repertoire I think he's a guy who is calm he's poised he attacks he pitches and, and I think that's what the Braves like about him he pitches he doesn't get off his game plan he continues to go after guys even like it wasn't working today he just continued to get after it and i think that is something probably his best quality in going forward being a, but i think he could be a rotation piece for years to come absolutely all
0: right we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up here with our uh, winner of the week and uh, justin we'll start off with you first
1: my winner of the week is um for anybody who watched these games this weekend we'll get it is the san diego marine layer that did a very very good job of knocking a lot of balls down um there were some hard hit balls this weekend by both teams <laughs> and and they just died like I swear Austin Riley smoked one today that that just went to the track and just died uh Manny Pina was robbed of a homer on Saturday the San Diego Marine layer is often undefeated and there weren't many who cut through it this weekend
0: I'm, I'm also going on on home runs and mine is people who like solo home runs the Braves have hit 13 home runs total so far this season only one of them was somebody on base, and that was opening day by Austin Riley. Since then, that is 12 straight solo shots.
1: That is simultaneously cool and brutal.
0: It is just one of those bizarre baseball numbers. But
1: I'm glad you had a good
0: uh, Easter weekend back home in uh, California with uh, all the rolled tacos you could stand and uh, hanging out with your folks. Uh, so uh, now enjoy your time up in uh, Los Angeles, and we will be back with you next Monday uh, for after we'll break down another big week for the Braves. Keep up with all of Justin's coverage online, of course. And please, if you have not done so, rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe to this show, really trying to grow this thing. We could definitely use your help there. If you like it, if you don't, then, then you don't have to do any of that at all. But So for Justin in San Diego, I'm Jay, and we will see you next week on The Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
2: When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers.